0: Welcome to the Rock Out of Podcasting. I am Charles McFall, and you're listening to my show here on the podcast catchers that you have on your phones, on your tablets, on your computers, however you get it. And just so you know, there is an accompanying video you're watching uh, right here on YouTube. That is uh, Charles McFall on uh, YouTube.com. I think it's actually YouTube.com forward slash Charles But you know what? Just Google it; you'll find it. I'll put a link on the website so you can see it. And if you watch the video, you get a little unrefinement. You get the the kind of the raw video, but it's done live for Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Rock Outta Podcasting. You too can see the video as it's recorded. And then you'll get an after. We'll get a backstage pass, a hangout in the end, and uh, we'll get another 30, 45 minutes of just hangout time and discussion after the show if you'd like to do that. Of course, this show hinges on you and your questions. Actually, we know I can make stuff up and bring questions to the table. But I love hearing from you and talking with you in a podcast delayed response I guess you could call it was that PDR podcast delayed response (laughs) but email me rgop at charlesmcfall.com actually I'm going to ask the chat room right now if you guys can email me at rgop at charlesmcfall.com just to make sure everything is in order and everything shows up we'd love to have your questions today's question actually comes from one of my supporters Angie Pruitt who has worked with me for a long time. I, I don't have the, the math mentality right now to figure out how long she's worked with me, but she discovered me on the show called Bear Crawling and started helping out there and has always been a, a great support and a great help uh, throughout the years. And it's probably been over 10 years now, close to it. And then uh, Nolan, who's also uh, worked with me on Success Freaks and Bear Crawling Nation and a lot of my other projects, he is a great supporter as well. And they're both in the chat room, and they're, they're, they're awesome people to know and to talk to. But today, the question comes from Angie. But Mike, as is tradition, you get to announce the, uh, what is it, the question now? I, my coffee's running out. I'm going back to coffee now.
1: Yeah, we'll go ahead and call it a question. What it is, is what the topic for today is, none of us tends to go through this world alone. Uh, even if we happen to be the only person in the room. Um, and what I mean by that is we've all got, A, we've all got our internal monologue. You know, we've all uh, we've all got that internal narrator that keeps us company through life. But there are other things that affect us. Uh, like in my case, every time I screw up, I hear my dad's voice in my head, either giving me advice or, or calling me a dumb shit. And this is a thing that we all carry around. And I imagine the voices in your head are pretty damn loud, Charles. Uh, how do you deal
0: with them, man? <laughs> there are definitely so many levels of that question or, or the response to that question. This is the first time I've prepared for this, actually. Angie brought it up in conversation uh, this past week or since the last recording of the show. She brought it up and, I was like, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. And she brought up the whole parent aspect, you know, I, I was thinking of uh, the fear aspect, the fear slash experience aspect of it. We're going to talk about that, and I was thinking about the wonder years, right? And that's that's my aspect of it. And then, of course, there's life, the, the full life stress aspect as well, and and then there's the the you actually hear voices aspect, which I'm not going to touch on. I have no experience with that. That's a clinical medical diagnosis. That's a field I'm going to stay away from. However, the rest of it we're going to touch on. But the first thing that that does, as I was thinking about this question and the different aspects of it, I can't help but go uh, 1990s uh, cranberries, right? Zombie in my head, in my head. Yeah. Now you've got that in your head. So, there you go. and then there's that aspect, right? The music that that gets stuck in your head and and those kind of things. So I'm going to start with I want to start with the fear experience aspect because that's that's more second nature to most people and it will come through that way. it will come through without you controlling it. It'll be, why am I doing this kind of thing? And my major story on that, just to be clear, that's the aspect of anytime time you do something you don't quite understand that that makes you scared or makes you angry or you're acting in a way that's way too harsh. Now, of course, there's other things to play into it, but like when, when my wife, Okay, she and I, when we only had Oakland, uh, one kid, and he was a mama's boy, he was, she and I had some kind of fight. It was a big one. I, I don't remember the actual fight. What I do remember is she just had enough. She went in the room and locked and shut the door and I wasn't going to go after her. You know, we'd already dealt with all that. I was just going to let her cool off. I was pissed off. Well, he's crying and he wants to go to her and she wouldn't open the door. She wouldn't open the door and he's just crying. Man, I yelled at her and this and that and the other. Because basically she was punishing him, in my opinion. And, of course, it hit my rejection issues. It hit my experience slash fear issues. And I didn't talk to her for three days. I mean, seriously. Three whole days, we lived in the same house. Didn't say a word to her. It was super serious to me. And it was was an overreaction to her, right? Uh, Because I think shortly after that, she opened the door. It was not a huge deal. But it was just, it hit me hard. That is a fear experience reaction. That is when you overreact to something because the voice in your head goes, this is the same thing. And it really isn't. It's more of an emotional thing. Then the other side of that fear experience reaction is my story entails a motorcycle. Your body can literally have this reaction without you. You know, you don't think it consciously. It just, it's there. And that's a voice in your head. It's, it's not quite the same what we're going to get into, but I do want to touch on it. And so early on, uh, when... I was really stressed out. I had been working on the ambulance for a very long time. Got into a very dark place. Uh, it was in the time of life when Aaron and I were in the Madison house. And that's where we had the worst fights, you know, until 3 in the morning. and Stress. It was just tons of stress. We've talked on this in other shows. And maybe if certain questions about we'll talk about it more. But the words you say matter. And leading up until this incident, I was saying something's got to give. I felt broke all the time wasn't doing anything to learn how to manage money. I just felt broke all the time because I was spending money poorly, and I wasn't making a whole lot. I was very stressed out with my job. I was stressed out with my wife. I was so stressed. I was not the person. You wouldn't recognize me. If you met that person today, I might not even recognize him. I was so stressed and lost and victim mentality and and all kind of bad juju. I said out loud at once, something's got to give, and that almost became a mantra. Something's got to give my wife and i had gone get. that's what it was we'd gone and got my grandfather brought him up to live in athens from orlando and i had an extra day off or so and i had arranged with my buddy uh, douglas who had a motorcycle i arranged with somebody else to borrow their motorcycle i'd been learning to ride i'd ridden some smaller bikes and the short version is i got a bike that was way too big for me i had no business being on going down a path i had no business being on in my head in my head (laughs) <laughs> in my head i had this vision of just this, this flat nice countryside ride it was going to be relaxing because that's what you hear on tv right that's what you hear from bikers oh i'm gonna clear my head on these rides it was gonna be a miracle cure well i had the route mostly planned out and my buddy doug was like, "Yeah, that sounds good it was all back roads avoiding people avoiding traffic beautiful scenery it was the fall it was october i believe or either late september or early october so it's fall season and the leaves are changing, and it was going to be a nice, relaxing ride, except for the first part. That I totally forgot about. So the first part, we go up and we would just gotten fuel in the bikes at this little gas station, and literally around the corner—it's not even a whole block up—around the corner is where we're getting on the road to go on this nice, relaxing hour, two-hour-long ride. To start it, right around the corner, is some railroad tracks. Not a big deal, country railroad tracks bit more of a big deal because they don't have crossing bars and, and all this stuff. It's just you gotta look for the train coming. Third part that got me that I hadn't had recalled none of was it had this big hill like a forty five degree angle at least. Man, I remember, and for whatever reason, I mean, it's universe. It was a universe answering my prayers, if you will. I, something's got to give because Douglas, who's super considerate. Uh, I, I can tell some stories where he wasn't. But for the most part, he's super considerate. He takes care of people. He's always followed me. He's never really done anything mean or nasty to me. We could hear the train coming. And he, being the, the expert motorcycle rider, the experienced rider, for what, he, he doesn't even today know why he did it. But basically, he took off and left me. He took off, went up the hill, went over the tracks, left me. Well, I wasn't going to make it. Yeah, the train was coming. I wasn't going to make it. So here I am. A few feet from a raw locomotive flying past my face at a 45 degree angle on a, I think it was a Honda Shadow, which was like a 1500cc bike, which I, the best I'd ridden at the time was 650. So you're talking about almost double, no more than double, more than double the engine size, which makes a huge difference with motorcycles. So I'm sitting on this, this angle and I just know something bad is going to happen. I'm terrified of the train, right? Cause it's scary. I'm terrified of the bike a little bit. Well, sure enough, sure soon the thing goes up, I hit the gas. And because I'm not used to the bike and I don't know what I'm doing on an angle like that, I had no business being there. Should have gotten off the bike and just pushed it up the hill and then got it. Any tiny little changes would have changed every bit of the story. But I hit the gas. It flipped. I don't remember much of anything else except being on the ground going, well, that happened. And I'm doing, I'm paramedics. So I'm like, wiggle my neck a little bit. Nope, that's fine. Shoulders, fingers. Get down to my leg, bright white, bright white hot pain. So the short version is, I severed my ACL, I damaged my MCL a little bit, and took myself out of work. Had surgery, had to be laid up for months uh, on sixty percent pay. So if I thought I was stressed and broke before. I have 60% of that now. (laughs) It actually, it was a happy time. I'll tell that story later at some other show, how it actually was one of the happier times of my life because my wife and I got to work on our marriage. I got to de-stress and not worry about work. I got to think about the future. There's some stuff I still failed to learn, but it worked. It was okay. Flash forward to, I think it was 2004. No, it had to be later than that. Whenever George Bush Jr. was president, gas got up to $4 a gallon and we live 45 minutes from everything so gas was a huge issue for us we had to ration our gas and we had to figure out how far my wife's going to go to work it had to be after 2010 actually because of when i joined pds heart so i'm sorry 2007 i don't know why am i throwing out dates nobody gives a crap about the dates dude shut the fuck up and just tell your story thank thank you thank you rock out of podcasting for that coaching i appreciate you my little bobblehead Um, he has yet to actually start talking to me, but when he does, it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so the point is gas had gotten to $4 a gallon. I was trying to work. I think I was working five days a week. Then I got them to cut it back to four, 10 hour days instead, uh, because I was such a good employee. They could try that on me and another employee. It was fine. That helped with gas, but it was just killing me. Then my car died. I had a beater. I had a a car that paid $750 for maybe over two years spent $1,800 total fixing it up. And then it it was just a junk car, but it ran for the most part. It died. And I was like, I'm done. You know, we have to do something else. And there really wasn't anything else to do. I mean, it took us time. We ended up buying my wife's van. I had another car, but the gas was killing us and the payments and whatever. So my buddy said, hey, Douglas. Said, hey, you know, this is not how he said it, but I'm going for the sake of my story. Hey, you remember that bike I was riding when I abandoned you to die on the railroad tracks? You could ride that. (laughs) And I had my motorcycle license. And that's the key. I did have a license when I wrecked the other bike. I had had enough training to have passed the test. I had a license. So uh, he brought me his motorcycle. And I'm like, okay, this makes sense. This lets me work for a living. It takes some of this tension off of the family. Gas prices are too high it makes sense and it's perfectly fine and mentally i know this is a different thing mentally i know i'm safe my body though didn't know any of that stuff the first ride i did i gripped i mean death grip i i didn't even realize i was gritting my teeth i was just uh, clenching my teeth so hard i mean my whole body was tense and I I, I I i don't think i broke 45 miles an hour that day beautiful day easy weather great day to start riding right just I got to work, and I was just so tense and sore and hurting. My hands hurt, and later my jaw hurt. I was like, why is my jaw hurting? Well, I I get on the bike to go home, and I'm not even halfway home. Same thing. I'm just, my body is terrified, and my, my mind is going, I can do this. It's fine, and everything was fine, and I finally pulled over to a, a gas station, and I get off the bike, and I start walking, and I went, I, I talked to myself. I said, "You gotta you got to stop. You have to stop this. This is how we're going to do this. This is the only way through. Fucking relax. You have to stop and understand the future is different. Now, those aren't exact words I used. Now, I can look back and what I was telling myself was, we're in the now. We're, that was then. That was super stressed, man. That was the secret of the universe saying, I, something's got to break. Something's got to give. That was then. Now, you've made choices to take care of your life. You've learned how to manage your finances. This is now. And I had to tell myself that, and it helped a lot relax. I ended up having to make sure I chewed gum all the time because so I'd catch myself clenching. Just just you don't realize you're doing it. I, it was just doing it. And so I'd make myself chew the gum, and it got better. And then it got to be a daily writer, uh and then after a year i gave that bike back ended up buying my own bike and i mean i'm talking about running one of my favorite experiences honestly is this, is this storm with even on a motorcycle and this massive storm and i can't see a car ahead of me and that's country road. so luckily there weren't any cars i'm like i have to keep going because nobody will see me if i stop somebody's going to kill me because they're going to go too fast on this road they can't see that far ahead of them whatever and i'm a little black bike you're, you're not going to see me so i kept going and this lightning I mean, I saw, I saw the flash like in a split second. I, I don't know. It was probably a mile away. It felt like it was like I could almost touch the lightning. It felt like it was that close. There's a bright white flash and <laughs> And I felt it and I just started laughing hysterically. That's like one of my favorite experiences on a motorcycle. Like, like, force of nature. I get a better meaning of that. I get a better understanding of that term now. <laughs> so, that's the fear experience effect of the voices in your head. That doesn't matter what you're doing now. Your body can react, your, your emotions can react, your mind can react. Now, more to what I believe she was talking about, more to definitely what I've been thinking about. Angie brought up the idea of family. Uh, and Mike, in your question, you you, you phrased it with, uh, you hear your dad's voice calling you a dumb shit or, or telling you you're worthless. <clears throat> There's definitely been those kind of things. I honestly have had our at Mond's voice in my head at times going, you know, why are you angry? You know, you know, and I'm mocking him because it's true. It's so irritating that it's true, but I got to mock him too at the same time because he was right with this principle of we get angry because of stuff inside of us. If he, oh, God, he so pisses me off. He was right. It <laughs> does, man. I know you listen sometimes, you know, it pisses me off how right you were on this, but he goes, well, if she took it and it was just somebody else having the problem. And you wrote it down on a piece of paper. You wouldn't be angry." So why are you angry? What is in it that you're angry? And then would be always like, shut the fuck up, asshole. <laughs> and then later, all right, you know, this is mine. Well, I've had that voice. I'm, I'd be angry about something. I'm worked up. And I, I hear him sitting at my podcasting table right there. If you're on the video, it's right there behind me. And we're doing Success Freaks. And I could hear him in my head sitting at this table saying that. If, if you took yourself out of it, if it was just somebody else, if it was Mikey telling you this story, if it's Angie telling you the story, you personally would not be angry. You would give them advice. You would help them see the way. So why are you angry? And I've had, I've, I've had, I've never had the parent thing uh, because I grew up differently. I grew up very rebellious, I guess. And I, I stuck to some of that truth of, I just don't care. Now I'm a human being. I want their approval. It's in me. I wish sometimes I wish I didn't. Sometimes I wish I could just fully be happy with everything I have without their approval. But I am a human being, and in there, deep down, a little bit of me, it's down to maybe 10%. You know, it used to be 100%, and I think it's down to 10%. But part of me wants to share some of these rock gut shows and going, Hey, I know you don't appreciate my delivery. I know I say things differently than you, but I want. The one I was thinking about specifically was the Rageaholic show where I really dove into how that affected me. And it didn't matter what the truth was. It didn't matter the facts, the cold hard facts, or my parents tried to do. What mattered was here's how I felt and what I believed about it going forward. And because it's what I believe, that is what's true. I thought about sharing that show with them so they get a deeper understanding of how much that really impacted me. But I don't. And yes, Chris, wisdom. I said, don't. God, I love that people listen. I do. I love you, damn it, Carl. I love Nolan and Angie, Chris. I know there's others out there who listen to Ellie. And I love that you guys call me on my stuff, and you're you're following what I'm saying. But the other day, man, I'm breaking the panel, Chris. What did you did you say? Not. I'm like, shut up, man. This is not that show. <laughs> because at some point in your life, when you're preaching something, when you're you're spouting this is how i want to live this is a better way to live people will help keep you on that track because he didn't do it spitefully he didn't do it oh yeah and throw it in your face which is still a fine thing to do because if you can't live what you preach why are you preaching it but he did it in a very helpful way uh and i know for whatever reason this particular episode i'm saying it a lot i'm saying not a lot And to reiterate, because I'm going to hit this every single time, pretty much because I imagine there might be new listeners or people who don't get the concept. You can't not do something. Go not turn off that light. I know, Mike, I know it bugs Mike when I repeat stories, and it should because it bugs the listener. But this is a very, very important principle to me, and I want people to understand you have to say what you want. So I'm going to try to find the words that are positive. But the reason I refrain from sharing the shows with my parents, I still believe that they are unable to hear what I want them to hear in it so that we can talk or we can mend or we can uh, get approval or we can connect in some way. I believe they will hear it in how most people hear it and and more so in parents, but they will hear it in these messages they already have, these beliefs they already have about their life and, and our connection, and it'll dirty the actual truth that I'm trying to, share because these shows are about my experience so the idea would be there is no calling you out there is no harming you as my parents there is i'm just trying to show this is exactly how it went for me i don't know maybe they could maybe i should offer it my side point is there are no voices of them in my head there are no voices of my dad calling me a dumb shit you know he was actually quiet pretty much all my life uh, there are times when he told me he's proud of me. There's definitely, he's made that effort. There are times we share a passion of, of movies or those kind of things. Uh, we went to see Rogue One together, which was amazing. He, he never wants me to go to a movie. I mean, I say never. He never asks me to a movie to say, hey, would you drive to Athens and, and come see a movie with me? Uh, he always says, have you seen it? You know, And we talk about it and those kind of things. But he specifically <laughs> said, hey, Rogue One's coming out. I want you to go with me. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll do that. I'll make a, I'll make a trip for that. So that was really cool. My mom... I always heard her. Now, again, this could be untruthful, unfactual. This is how I heard her, and this is why I showed out the voice of that, is I always heard her as disapproving and unable to understand who I was. And at some point in my life, I became okay with that. And at some point in my life, I said, I I have zero need of that. So I was able to say, it doesn't matter. It has zero meaning. I'm trying, Chris. I'm trying. It has zero meaning that... You disapprove because until we connect, until we get our things that says you understand and you approve, you approve, you approve, and you've I've, you've earned my respect to say something about my life, it has zero matter. Honestly, I know there's still tons of politics stuff coming up. Donald Trump himself could say some crap about my show. I don't care. Actually, I'd welcome that because then a million people would freaking check out my show to either hate it or love it. But as far as my life goes... He has nothing to me. He has nothing to me. He has earned no place in my life to say something. That, Mike, mark that one down. That is a whole show in itself. That's maybe Voices Part 2. Who's earned a right to be a voice in your head? Who's earned a right to say something about your life? So Angie and Mike have varying approval, voice, parental things going on. And that can be easily affected. Like I was talking about with Armored at Mind, that can definitely... It's you, right? It's always you. It's you telling yourself these things. But you hear it in this voice of me, ma, wouldn't approve or or, my dad hated this or, you know, you, you get that because as human beings, we do want that approval. And these people are the most influential in our lives until we become the most influential in our lives. Side note, I'm trying to make my kids most influential in their lives as early as I can. I'm trying, I understand how much power I do wield. Well, as much as we can understand the power of God. Okay. Now, oh, you're calling yourself God? Well, to a, to a kid who doesn't understand the concept of God. Yeah. I'm God in their life. I am the one who comes in and makes things happen behind the scenes. I'm the one who protects them. I am the one who answers their little prayers when they say, I'm hungry. I need more clothes. Can you take me this place? Am I the religious god of their lives? No. I try to teach them their own faith. I try to teach them about bigger things in life. But in an allegorical kind of way, I I am. So I, as the major influence in their life, along with their mother, of course, I try to teach them to be the influence in their life, to be the one that they trust. To learn from me, to let me guide them, to understand I'm going to make mistakes, to understand that I am not their life and I said not yes but I am not their life they are their life that's what I try to teach here but that's absolutely what I try to infuse into my kids and in order to get past it, if it's a good thing for you if it's a good thing that your your father's in there saying hey that that'd be a great thing for you to do if it's a good thing that your brother's in there going go for it or you know whatever that's fine that's still you but that's encouragement some people have that in their lives. Some people don't, none of it matters because it's still you and you've got to believe in you. And if, if it's Mike specifically, I don't believe you do, but if you do, you already know this. If it's your dad keeping you down, it's you keeping you down through his voice and we can find a way to get past that. So I think a lot of people definitely have that experience. uh, That goes, I mean, honestly, all this could be fear slash experience so far also, I wish I had a story of saying somebody going, I believe you. You know what? I kind of do my wife, my wife believes in me. Even when she doesn't understand what I do, my wife believes in me. There was a situation recently that came up that I wanted to throw this story down. However, I handle my business and I, I try to tackle an issue head on instead of fighting an issue. And I wanted to go to this person. You don't have the years of, Experience to talk to me the way you're talking to me. You don't have the years of experience of being standing there with your wife, the love of your life, angry. She's so angry she's crying and pointing at your studio saying you spend more time with fucking strangers than you do with her, that you spend more of your life with people who will never give a damn about you than you do with her. You don't have that experience. And guess what? I do. And it's a learning experience. It changed the path. But even in those moments, with her she still supported me she still tried to believe in what I believed in tried to see was going on as she could as I changed my behavior as I included her more into my world as I made her more of a partner as she rightfully should be it became more and more supportive more and more belief to where I do have that voice of if I doubt I belong somewhere she's right there going kick ass and take names that's the voice in my head as far as family goes Now, beyond that, there is the Wonder Years, and this is the one, and of course we'll get to the music too, but this is the one that I live out. Now, if you've never seen Wonder Years, you should Google it. I imagine there's some clips on TV, or on TV, on on YouTube somewhere, I don't know if Hulu or anybody has it maybe, but you should check it out just for this reference if you have no idea what I'm talking about. But in the Wonder Years, I believe it's Bob Saget actually does the voiceover. I can't remember correctly, but it was—I can't remember the actor's name either. He's been a bunch of stuff. But as a kid, right, it's going through what I guess is deemed a Wonder Years. What is that preteen to teen age years type of deal? Who cares what the show is about? The point is, the entire time he has an adult voice narrating in his head. So you're watching the kid do some things, and then you hear his thoughts, basically. That's me, constantly. My head is never, ever quiet. I'm usually thinking about three things at once. I'm always talking to myself, always talking to myself. It's just who I am. There's no quiet. The only time it gets quiet is sleep, if I get good sleep of course everything shuts down all of me goes to sleep that's good but even this morning i my daughter woke me up right before my wife's supposed to get up with the boys something was going on with her legs she was upset so i got her some medicine then i ended up just getting up with the boys and, and so on so when i came to lay back down to go to bed the enemy is awake and it, it's talking about different scenarios it's talking about uh, something maybe i'll share in the after here but it's talking to me in the the Outside me is going, shut up. Shut up. I'm trying to sleep. So I've learned to it's probably honestly meditation techniques. It's just stuff I've I've just tried. I've learned some little methods to help quiet to to come to agreement. Let's both go to sleep. Let's just chill out. I'm a, it's almost like I'm always doing a show in my head. I'm always telling a story to myself. I I don't know how else to explain it, but yeah, my head is always noisy, but that's how I like it. And honestly, if I get to the house to myself and it's dead quiet and I'm trying to focus on something, I can't focus. I need other noise. So I'll turn on a TV or some music, something to go on inside of the house. There's always outside noise around me as well. It's my comfort zone. It is where I'm comfortable. When I sleep, we have a box fan that we keep loud. That's white noise, but it's very difficult to sleep without it. You know, when it's quite when the power goes off, I wake up because I hear everything. That's part of why I was a decent paramedic or actually I was a really good paramedic. But part of the reason was because I could hear everything. I could hear the tones drop. I could hear the radio call. I could go back to sleep if it wasn't for me. But I do hear everything as a parent. The kids now all come to me because I would jump up with them because I would hear them crying in their room across the hall. When my wife didn't hear it. It's just a thing. I have good hearing. So when it's quiet, it, I hear everything. I hear the silence, which might be weird to some people, but I do hear the silence. So I hate balloons. You can't hear balloons. Try this. Try this. I fucking hate balloons. And it's not a fear thing. It, it's only, oh, no, it's like they're, they're abhorrent to nature. Take a balloon and hold it up to year. The There's literally nothing. I mean, it pulls sound. There's nothing in it. Now, if you rub the balloon, it'll make sound, whatever. But if you hold it, if you're quiet and focused, you can hear the silence. You can hear there's an atmosphere. There's. It's hard to to, to explain it for people who don't have the ears that I hear and haven't thought about it as much as I've thought about it. But if you listen to a balloon, there's no atmosphere. There's nothing. And it really freaks me out. It's like, that's, that's just, that's not right. Something's weird there. It's not right. So I, I do I hate balloons. Uh, now I hate them for a second reason too, is those latex balloons, the regular dollar store ones you get that you blow up with your mouth, or you can't put helium or whatever. But the ones that pop super easy, they are dangerous. And I learned a lot about those in EMT and paramedic school. And my kids aren't allowed to have those uh, because the fear the fear of balloon got put in me. Is if and it's true though, kid uh, babies bite everything. If a baby bites a balloon, the pressure can rip their not rip their face off but it can cut them bad it can rip things it can damage kids just like if a tire explodes it can really maim a, an adult uh it's a much smaller scale of that so my kids are only allowed to have mylar it, and i just i just i don't know plus there's a if they're helium they get caught in the ceiling fan raise your hand if you ever had that happen as a kid <laughs> yeah you driving in the car listening to my show raise your hand you got two one can drive what can raise your hand you know you did it But I've I've had to fix ceiling fans as a teenager and a kid because stuff got caught in them like that. It's no good can come from balloons. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. There are stories that can never be shared. And that was a very, very hard concept for me to come to understand that there are some stories in life, some experiences that will ultimately never be shared because you're the only one it was meant for. And I think that being able to share it with myself, being able to at least tell the audience of me the story. I mean, there's a story that I do share with my wife that we've never told anybody else that you guys probably wouldn't think it was as funny as, as cute as we did. There's actually two of those stories that if you seriously want to know and after you have to be a patron, because this is a story that the general public does not want to hear. But if as a patron, as a, a member who supports what I do, if you really want to know, I'll share them because I am a no holds barred guy. But I'm telling you, you're just going to show things that you might not want to know. That's all I'm saying. There's some experiences and some stories that probably will never be shared. And to be able to share that with myself, to be able to do that, is is very helpful for me. I, I've had a voice in my head as long as I can remember. Myself. I've always talked to myself. I, I, I've i had a great imagination and always been able to put stories together to see possible futures, those kind of things. And I think I'm a visionary as well. I, I have... No profit, kind of thing. I don't know if I believe in prophecy. I, I, I have no idea about any of that. No real concept of any truth that might be in prophecy. We had the "How I've Been" reality show. And I don't even know what to tell you about that. About having the, mo- I had a moment the other day. Honestly, I had a moment the other day. If you haven't listened, go listen to uh, "Bending Reality" or "Shaping the Universe" of your will. I'm not. I can't remember exactly what the title was there, but it's on the website, uh, RockGottaPodcasting.com but i had a moment the other day where it's these things where you have a dream and and they file away in my brain and then ultimately it's just a moment and then ultimately the moment hits in life and it's i've just taken it as a confirmation of you're on the right path you're getting where you're going to go i have actually some deeper thoughts on it that we might do a, a bending the universe part two show at some point but it's, it's just a moment. I had one the other day where I'm sitting in a very specific angle looking at something very specific on a computer screen and there's a larger screen having to be the movie theater and this was going on and everything. is It's like when you do a puzzle or when something lines up just right on TV and goes ding and it just freezes for a second and moves on. That's what the moments are for me. But that's, that's a whole separate note. But I, I, I do believe I'm a visionary that I can see possibilities. I can see a better future. I can see where we want to go, what the next 10 steps are, and where we're going, Angie can tell you, because she, I think in this group, she's the longest has been with me. And Hugh, my buddy Hugh Four, who still is a bastard and has not given me a question yet, and I'm going to force him into that soon. When I first started doing bear crawling, he used to tell me, stop putting the cart before the horse, man. You got to slow down. Because I was, even at that point, at a eight-listener download, had eight people listening. I was like, man, I'm going to be on. The only outlet we knew at the time was Sirius Satellite Radio. I'm going to be on Sirius Satellite Radio. I'm going to be touching the world. I'm going to get big distribution. And it's, like, oh, you know, slow down. All I could see was what we're doing right then. And there were definitely times, even with Angie, that I said, you just have to trust. I know you can't see what I'm doing. You can't see what I see, but you have to trust me. And she did. And we moved forward. And I can't tell you how many times somebody's went, come back to me going, wow, you were right. You know, you, you did what you said you were going to do. Uh, one of my favorites of all time was Alex Autry, who, when he joined what I was doing at the time, I was very good at what he was doing, and he had big dreams. He said, oh, I want to be on a panel at Dragon Con. And he was a dreamer like me, and we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I got on a panel at Dragon Con, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to be there, but I was able to be on a panel at Dragon Con, I tweeted him said, hey, man, I made it. This is a dream. I'm on a panel at Dragon Con. Wish you were here. And he, instead of being bitter or sad that he take, took a different path in life, he congr- he was like, man, good on you. That's awesome that you made it that you hit that marker. Those are visions, that's a little bit different than the voices in your head, but talking about imagination and things that keep you up, going to something else that Angie said, that my wife has, big time, is you're tired, right? You're exhausted, you're ready to go to sleep. And you go to lay down, and your brain goes, hey, you can do the dishes. Hey, you got to get this ready for tomorrow. Hey, on Friday, there's this thing going on. Hey, Saturday. And your brain is going crazy, right? It's telling yourself a whole lot of things. And side note, fuck you, Angie, because in the chat room, she says, note to self, bring large bag of balloons to Charles' house the next time you visit. Oh, (laughs) you're such an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> these are the people that love me, everybody. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, but people have that moment of, oh, my brain is too busy, too wired, right? You're too wired to sleep. You're physically exhausted, but you've got to wind it down. There is that. You've got to bring your brain down. I have that in a major way sometimes, except it is in the visionary way. It's, it's usually not about... That like with my wife, she'll literally go. Oh man, okay. So tomorrow I have to get up and take the boys to school, but then I've got this thing I have to do, and then this thing, and then this thing, and then. And her brain is telling her to get up and go do it, and it's just going crazy, and she has a hard time relaxing. So she'll talk to me for a while, even when I'm exhausted. Sometimes, she'll just talk herself to sleep, and that helps. It helps for her to do that. Uh, those kind of things. I don't know what Angie does. She she's talking about uh, some children she knows you'll have that and and actually i forgot to take the opportunity to ask my kids if they ever have that because that would definitely be interesting if they talk to themselves in their head or if they have thoughts that keep them up at night those kind of things um, with me it's always about the possibilities what can come and i, I can't help it i, I, I know that's not I, I need to find another way to say that but i feel like i have no control over it like my brain just goes right so this one story i have i was i was really pushing hard to start a band uh, well i was in a band i, I was trying to re- refine my music skills i was trying to refine my voice and and, and work hard at making this music because i didn't even know about podcasting then i just knew music and i had to communicate it to the world and i still love music and if you can communicate through music it's you're a magician. In a way, I mean, you really are. You're you're singing spells and and doing amazing things in lives, and because music can can change everything. The right music can change it from sad to happy. The the right music can heal you. Not I avoid talking about actual physical healing. Okay, that's a discussion that I still don't. I still have no idea what I believe on it. I'm talking about it can help you on the inside. Music is, is magic, and that was what I was working towards because it's all I knew. And I had this opportunity to meet a band that I really enjoy called Third Day. And this is still their medium sized. They were, they were on tours around the country, but I think they were opening for other Christian bands and so on and so forth. And I had a plan. I'm going to drive to Roswell, wherever it was they were doing this signing, and I was going to ask them to dinner. And I had about $150 that my wife had begrudgingly said yes to because she, again, supported me. She knew it was a dumb idea, but I was going to take them out to dinner and pick their brain about the business, about how to – to things Now, here's the truth of the matter is I didn't think through any of that. But the reality, what happened in the end was I didn't ask them. I asked their manager because I knew it was the wrong thing to do inside of myself. I still try to push it. Of course, the manager said no, and I let it go. And I moved on because I knew something was wrong. It was an incorrect for me to do the path that I was trying to get on. But here's about the voice in your head. The night before, and even two nights before, when I lay down, to go to sleep, I start hearing their songs. I start thinking about all the possibilities of what could happen to the greatness of they really love what I do and they think I'm amazing. And now I get a foot in to really chase this path down because that is always possible. I've always believed I was great. Even when I was horrible, I was always believing I was great. And the truth is when you go and you do meet the right people, doors can be opened for you. I've opened many a door for people in the podcasting to help them get to better places. Uh, You know, with Nolan, I've been able to, thankfully, because i try to promise this to all my people, that I will help you as much as I can. When I say my people, I mean the people who believe in me, who say, I want to help you with what you're doing. And I'll say, great, I can't pay you right now. But what I can do is throw you at anybody that comes along. He's one of the few people, Angie as well, she got some work as well for me. But he's one of the few people who consistently built on that oh i gave him a step up and he got the door in and he got a client and then they helped him get a different client then it came full circle work he helped me get a client you know it's it's that helpfulness so that can happen doors definitely open right place right time being prepared all those good things but my mind will will go through all the scenarios and the thing is i know all of them can be real even the bad ones so either get hyped up on the excitement of the the good one or I get bummed out in the pad when I can't go to sleep. And there's you, you have to find a way to get yourself to calm down. One of the ways I found was I like listening. There's a show called Two Guys, One Brain. They don't really make it very often anymore. Uh, sometimes it's twice a year. We're coming up on possibility of them doing a new one. But there's over, I think there's around 500 episodes you can listen to. Fun guys, two jailers who give experiences working in the jail, uh, and in their lives, and, and I was a big part of that, so you'll actually hear me referenced as Big C a lot there on that show. Uh, that They helped get me my start. They helped me on the path that I am today. I mean, they are the ones who hooked me into podcasting and then gave me all kind of segments and, and freedom to run with their show. But the point is their, their voices, the way their voices is, gr- is melodic almost. So one of the things I used to do is i put on their podcast at night and you know i'd have an earbud or something soft to lay on or or, you know some kind of if i could have it where it wouldn't bother anybody i could have on a speaker that kind of thing And i had a ipod you know whatever you can use your phone it doesn't matter and i just focus on them telling the story and i'm laying there and i would just find the the way he told the story the way his voice was just soothing and i could focus on what he was saying until I fell asleep enough to that I could turn off the, the playback or whatever. I'd wake up and I'd turn off the playback, but then I'm good. That's one of the ways you can find to calm the voices in your head. Some people drink. Some people smoke weed. There's, there's ways to calm your brain down. I do some of all of the above. But one of the other things I do is what I referenced earlier. I found a way to agree with myself to sleep. One of the things I do is I just keep saying I want to be asleep. And so the voice, this morning, okay, so this morning, came at the bed, and my brain is thinking about this show. And what what are we going to, dude, come on, let's both go to sleep. You need your rest, too. Let's be cool. And it kind of, then I'll find myself hearing a song. I'll find something else going on, and i have to kind of say, let's do it again. I'll also hold my breath. I'll hold my breath just laying there for as long as I can. And, again, I said maybe these are meditation techniques I don't know this is just stuff I came up with. Who knows? Maybe I got influenced by something I saw on TV. Who knows? It doesn't matter. What matters is this is what works for me. Some people put on whale songs, right? Some people put on actual meditations. Whatever works for you, but that you you have and only you can figure it out. It's only you can fucking prevent forest fires. So get out there and do that. <laughs> but seriously, it's your brain. So only you can figure out what'll work for you i hold my breath until I feel like I need to breathe. And then I'll let it out. And I feel as I let it out, everything kind of relaxes. And then you'll find that you were asleep when you didn't realize you were asleep. Is it good? This morning, it wasn't. You know, I woke up after a couple hours of sleeping again. You had gone back to sleep. And I still felt tired and groggy. But I still was restful. Because here's the other thing. I didn't care if I actually stayed awake and my brain was going. Because I got in it and quiet down. It wasn't like, there are definitely times when your brain's like, wah, and you're up. You're just awake. I've had that happen. For one reason, there's a trigger. If I hear my wife's asleep, uh, her deep breathing or whatever, sometimes my brain will light up going, okay, let's go do something. She's asleep. I'm like, but it's 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, that worked when it was 10 o'clock at night and she was exhausted and I'd put her to bed and be back up by 1030 basically at night to go Work and work on things and do things until one two o'clock in the morning, but there's a trigger in my head sometimes if I hear her sleeping, it tries to wake up. But there's this moment like today where I was resting enough, my body was resting, even if my brain was quieter, was still going. Like, you know, what? I don't care. I'd rather spend two hours here getting more rest than if I were up watching TV or playing a game or doing anything else. And I know I have to work tonight. I've got a gig going on tonight. So there's there's that voice of what's going on in your life what's the business of it and one way definitely okay you know to wrap this up to wrap this up because i know i'm coming up on on the the hangout time and i like i like the hangout time for sure if you have any of these you you figure out how to deal with it and again i'm the medical diagnosis of actually hearing voices of how split personalities of that's medical that's for somebody else to help you with i have zero qualifications and zero backing to help you with that at all. So my advice is find help. Find a way to get help with that. But if you talk to yourself all the time, embrace it. Do you be your show because that's my sounding board sometimes. Now it's never I've seen it, you know, there's a TV show called Herman's Head, right? Uh from the early 90s, late 80s, I think it was, that had much like okay, the the more recent version would be Inside Out by disney but it's the uh, anger is one character and sorrow is one character and joy is one character and worry you know it's never like that for me and it might be for some people i've seen uh I've, my favorite reference is old droopy cartoons right where the the good dog appears the angel dog appears on one shoulder going you should do this and the devil dog appears but you should do this for me it's never been good or bad either it is just a sounding board it is sharing a world with the only person who can understand that world because some experiences are unable to be shared. So if that's you, embrace it, figure out what works for you. If it's the parents, if it's a negative voice in your head, somebody always yelling at you, understand that's you using their voice. That is their message, yes, and that is what has gotten into you. But with the, uh, that idea I keep bringing up on the show, it's a technique, the technique I bring up on the show. What's your earliest memory? How does it make you feel right now? What does that tell you as an adult? That will help you deal with those voices, the negative ones. If it's a good one, if it's if it's your mom, and all she ever did was believe in you. There's a story I heard Barbara Beach tell one time, where her parents always told her she was exceptional, she was outstanding, she could do anything, and she believed it, and that's how she sees life, and nothing can conquer her. It wasn't till she was an adult. And I guess got some stuff from her parents. I don't remember how it came out. But it turned out she was just an average student. She was getting C's and B's. But they were telling her, they never said you're an A student. They said you're outstanding. You're exceptional. You can do anything you want. And that's the message she got. And she thought she was a, a, exceptional. And then when she looked back, she found out she was average. <laughs> and she's like, well, it doesn't matter now because I believed that and I became that. That's a good parental voice right that's a good encouraging voice some people have that and that's fine and maybe maybe if you have that voice saying hey don't don't do that hey mama wouldn't approve maybe it's really you and your voice using a way that you'll listen to saying maybe you should rethink that step maybe you should take a breath and that's fine too then if it's the the visionary voices if it's the too busy to sleep voices, you gotta figure out a way to de stress. You have to figure out a way to let it go. That's something I've worked on with my wife for a very long time. Is even before kids, it would be I gotta do this, gotta do this, get and there would come a time in our life and it's gotten less and less. So because it's working. I'm working on her it, and it's taking, it's working. There's dishes, there's there's laundry, there's this, there's this. But you've been gone all day working on this other stuff, dealing with family, whatever. But it'll just pile up more tomorrow. It doesn't there's always something tomorrow. There's always something tomorrow. I've got clients who need stuff done. Some of them need it done right now, some of it need it done on time frame. And if I do it all right now and my work's done, I can sleep, there's always gonna be something tomorrow to come in. You have to learn to say the sun also rises. Tomorrow always comes. If it doesn't, you didn't need to do it anyway, because you're dead. It doesn't matter. (laughs) So you have to find a way to go, okay. Work will always be work. The only way I can phrase it is remove care. Who gives a shit? Stop caring. I started being a much better person. Well, left work at work. Well, you know, there's there's distress. Yeah, and either I'll have a job or I won't. Either I'll have a job or I'll be looking for a job. Okay, that's reality? Yeah, that's reality. You go in tomorrow, you do a good job? Okay. You go in tomorrow, they've shut the doors? Well, you're looking for a job. Just do the best you can in the moment you're in. Jim Swilly calls it being in the now, being here right now. And that helps me pull back from the future. I'm always thinking about the future, always thinking about what can happen, what should happen. Some people are thinking about the past. Some people are thinking about what they need to do in those voices. Be here now. My wife now sits down after 10 o'clock at night. That's pretty much her time. She'll sit down, and we'll watch a show or two. We'll hang out some nights. She's like, I'm with you, and we'll, we'll – Do stupid TV until late. I always call it stupid TV because we probably should have gone to bed a good hour before we did. Uh, Then there's nights like last night where we do one thing and she's, all right, I'm tapped out. I'm ready to go to bed. All right, let's do that. It helps her relax on a daily basis. It still hasn't helped her mindset because she has to deal with that. But when I think about, when I start thinking about possibilities, I go, eh, that day will come. And I try to relax and let it go. You do if you can remove stress. If you can remove these things out of your life, the things you're holding on to that make it feel rushed and important, it will help calm your brain down. You got kids. My kids last night uh, went to there in 4H and there's a speech competition, and they don't sweat it too much They're my kids, and I definitely worked with them and gave them practice and helped and those kind of things. But my son was nervous. My daughter was only naturally nervous. And by that, I mean anybody, even I, you get on stage w- until you've practiced and trained yourself a lot, you automatically go faster than you attend, than you even think you're doing. You start doing, do- 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 do. I've done that on this show. I've listened to, back to this show going, I am talking too fast because I'm excited about the topic I'm talking about and I'm not enunciating my words. And I realize that now, after an hour of doing this show, I might not have enunciated any damn thing in this damn show today. But what happened was my daughter got up and did the, she spoke a little bit faster than she had practiced. And I'll be able to play the video back and help her with that. My son got a little nervous and he got up and he starts rocking. You know, he ultimately got under underneath him. However, there are definitely kids who will sweat it the night before to get so worked up and anxious about it. You have to help them with that. Let it go. It will be there when it gets there. All you, and that's how you let it go. What can you do right now? Sure, maybe you can actually do the laundry. Will there be more laundry tomorrow? Yeah. Can you sleep in tomorrow? No. Then you don't stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning doing the laundry. You do it tomorrow because you got other things to do. Plan your life, blah, blah, blah. So now I feel like I'm starting to go in circles. But there's the voices and the music. So... I always have something going on. Angie brought up the music. Mike brought up the music. I want to touch on that. Yeah, people get some songs stuck in their head. I think everybody does that. But yeah, there are definitely times I will wake up to music just randomly in my head. I started tweeting at one point, morning music. Just sometimes I hear it uh, mixed with something else. Angie actually says, I think she does the same thing or other artists do it as well. Where I'll hear, I've been using the zombie, uh, the Cranberries uh, zombie song today. But I'll hear that almost like a mashup. I'll hear that laid over a different song sometimes when I wake up. Uh, That's just an example. Definitely, music's in my head. If you ever listen to From the Helicarrier, it's a show about a comic book-based game. And we're talking about playing the video game. And there will be references that were said, and I'll start singing a song. Because like Mike, certain things trigger songs in my head and i find that to be a very joyful experience honestly i find that to be fun uh especially with people who get it like brian ibbett who was my host on that show who uh, i'm not sure if he's a musician himself i mean i know he's into it but he's definitely way into music and when he could get the reference and, and laugh that was always fun so or he'd come up with a better reference or a different one It was always fun that that i enjoy very much but definitely if there's a song on the radio, maybe I'm hearing that, but there's definitely times when I'm just hearing other songs. And I got to tell you, sometimes it affects my work, but I am always thinking about three things at once. And the boys last night, Clots uh, and Wisdom gave me grief on breaking the panel because, oh, you never listened to us. Because there was a conversation I just do not recall. I have zero recollection of it. Sorry, it happened. I do a million shows. <laughs> you know, a lot of times if I've had a conversation with somebody, I, if they give me clues to what we talked about, I can go, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I do remember that now. I don't recall that one at all. And it was it, a fun moment, and they were giving me grief. But the reality is, I was probably working on something else when we talked about it and went, oh, okay. Because the reality was, it wasn't that important to me. And it wasn't about them, it was about a TV thing we're talking about. So you go listen to that show, Breaking the Panel. That episode's coming out uh, this weekend, so you can listen to it there. Actually, ah, by the time this show releases, I just grooved myself. By the time Rock God releases, uh, that show will have been out for a week or two. So there you go. I don't even know what episode is. Go find it. So that's going to be it for today. I hope uh, that touched on a few things. I definitely shared a few stories. Nothing's wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of that. If it keeps you awake, fix it. If it makes you feel bad, fix it. But that's going to be true for any advice I give. If it feels good, work it. If it feels bad, fix it. So if you got questions, I would like to hear them. R G O P at Charles McFall.com. I did get an email today. Nolan did send that through, comes right through. So I know it's you and not me. <laughs> email me. Go to rockgottapodcasting.com. There's a contact form there as well. As Speakpipe is on the side. You can click Speakpipe. Leave your message. Say, hey, this is what I'd like to ask you. That'd be awesome. Facebook.com forward slash rock of podcasting. Twitter's at God of pot. I love your questions. I want to hear more about what's going on in your life and how we can do that. And Mike is trying to build up. Uh, I think we're going to maybe try to do an episode 50. We just hit 30 uh, the other day. And we're going to, for episode, we'd like a rapid fire show and a drinking game. If there's something I say all the time, that's what a drinking game is. Take a shot, you know, type of deal. And then the rapid fire where it's just live, right? I'll do it live. I'll do it live publicly. Episode 50 might be done live public where everybody can get in and shoot rapid fire questions if you can't we don't have a time say it's going to be on a probably going to be on a wednesday morning at 11 a.m eastern and that's in the middle of most people's work days but you can get in the chat room maybe or you can even get your questions in ahead of time say rapid fire in the in the subject line rapid fire and then give that question we'll save it For the episode 50 where it's just gonna be fun questions just everything that you want to hear just have fun with it be there interact let's have some fun so that's going to be it for today oh patreon i know i hit it earlier but i want to say it again patreon.com forward slash rock out of podcasting go to rock out of podcasting.com forward slash support and you'll see every way you can help me by sharing on itunes by rating on itunes one-time donation through paypal and of course patreon show me you love me help me keep the word going and let me know you're getting something out of this. So there you go. Thanks for listening. Now go out and be the rock stars of your life.
1: Okay, podcasters and YouTubers. My name is Mike Woodard, otherwise known as producer slash audio engineer for the rock god of podcasting. Look, you know you're producing amazing content, but is your audio game as tight as it needs to be? If you need to level up the overall sound of your show, I'm your guy. If you need a kick-ass intro for your show, I'm your guy. If you hate the sound of your own voice and just need someone to handle your voiceover narration, I'm your guy. Need music beds? Need sound effects? Just go to mikeatthemike.com. Check out my demos and take a look at my rates. You can sound better than you do, and I can help. Mike at the